On today's show, we'll recap the Leafs' 4-3 win over the Red Wings. We'll talk about how Fraser Minton and William Nylander are more linked than we realize. And what are we thankful for on this holiday season? All that and more on today's edition of the Lockdown Leafs podcast, part of Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Hello and welcome into the Locked On Leafs podcast, a daily Maple Leafs-centric podcast hosted by myself, Mike DiStefano, and my co-host, Dave Morissuti, Toronto, with another preseason victory over the Detroit Red Wings, 4-3. They take it in overtime. William Nylander uh, bookends the Leaf goals. Beautiful one in the first and then ends up scoring uh, another in overtime to get the dub. Dave, uh, what are a couple things that stuck out to you about last night's game? Uh, it was nice for them to win a game in overtime with me there. I had a little bit of... Uh, oh, little that's of- right. You had a streak going. I did. So... Again, sitting with the friend of mine that I went to the last preseason game with, we're like, okay, so when does over? We're just going to wait for overtime, right? Because every time he and I go to a game, it goes to overtime. I'm like, it was 3 3. I'm like, oh, there's still time. Maybe they can break. Maybe they can break it. And then, like, it was like two minutes left in the game. Like, yeah, we're going overtime. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, the third period, though, like, I thought they played better in the third. Oh yeah, they they were all over the uh, the Red Wings in the third period. Like, yeah, they. I think going into overtime, the shots were thirty seven to twenty. Mm-hmm. Like, it was no it was no contest that the Leafs held the distinct advantage in that uh, in that, especially in the third period. Which you like to see because when you you know you put the two teams up on the chalkboard and you compare them, uh, one was an NHL club, the other was not. And if you would have looked at the score and really if you looked at the gate, you watched the game through the first half, it was a pretty even hockey game. Like it wasn't necessarily Toronto dominating in the fashion that you would have expected them to like the, the books Vegas, when they saw which rosters were, uh, you know, playing for each other's team, the spread was like two and a half goals for the Maple Leafs. And obviously that's not what ended up happening but you would have expected for Toronto to kind of take it to Detroit a little more. Um, and that being said, Dave, like, is there any concerns here? Like, that's a couple of games now where the Leafs, their stars have been out there against a, you know, a B squad, we'll say, for the opposition. And uh, they they lost the one game in Montreal uh, where it was very much like that. And then this one, you know, they were able to sneak out a win in overtime, but it took them until the third period to really look like they were the more dominant team. Any concerns about that? No, in my opinion, no. The stars were, yeah, it doesn't felt bode well when you, when you, when you put it like that, but like just watching them, they were all over the Red Wings in this game. And you know what? The Leafs also took a lot of penalties, particularly yeah. Simone Benoit. So like that impacts also what the Leafs are doing because they were on the penalty kill for so much. Although Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner on the penalty kill, it's looking looking pretty lethal. 
Yeah, there's some danger there. There could be some danger. And I, I liked what Sheldon Keefe actually said post-game about the penalty, uh, the penalty kill. He talked about how, you know, those two, what they were doing out there, and you could throw Nylander into the fold as well. Yeah. You know, short chips. Like, they, they were just being smart, and they were just doing short chips. And he said they had, like, eight different players filter through, eight different forwards filtering through on the penalty kill last night. And um, that might be what he wants to do. Like it it may not be the traditional, okay, you've got two guys who will kill for a little bit and they go to another two guys. Like it's not going to be so cut and dry like that. It's not just going to be binary where you got PK one, PK two, four groupings. It seems as though uh, he's going to carry this over and, you know, he wants to have a bunch of different players who can do a lot of different things. Uh, and keep guys fresh, as fresh as possible. So it makes sense, uh, and it also gets you a chance to get your big boys out there more often. And, you know, there's there's more space. There's a less player out there, right? And sometimes when, you know, play breaks down for the opposition on the power play, it does give an opportunity for the Maple Leafs to get their, you know, their, their guys out there and get a scoring chance uh, out of it. And you know, we, we've seen it happen already a couple times throughout the preseason. Um, power play looked good. They were snapping it around. You saw, uh, scored a, a couple of goals on the power play. Austin Matthews nets his first to the preseason. That was good to see, obviously. Um, Fraser Minton, though, there's a lot of eyes on Minton going into this game based on, you know, the fact that he's still in camp and, and definitely battling for a roster position. There's a legitimate opportunity for this kid, 19 years old. Uh, to to make this team out of training camp, and we didn't think that would that was going to be the case when camp first started. But you know he's earned his way, uh, earned his his chance to continue to play with this team. And last night there was a lot of eyes on him as uh, you know he had an opportunity to c- continue to solidify himself as an everyday NHLer potentially. Um, what'd you make of, of uh, Fraser Minton live in person? Just unrelenting pressure, in the, especially in the offensive zone. Like, he didn't stop. There was no... Dude, that hand-eye play, like, early on, it's yeah. like, everyone's watching you. Everyone knows that exactly. tonight's game is not about Austin. It's not about Willie. Although they scored, they made beautiful plays. A lot of people were watching Fraser Minton to see what this guy was going to do. And real early in the game, he makes a big play, a little hand-eye, and then gets a shot off. It was like, okay. But he knows he's auditioning for a, a spot on this opening night roster. Yeah, he this looked like a player that with all the pressure. And, and look, I even said I was coming into this game going to be watching this guy. Like, and I probably wasn't the only one. There's a lot of people who were hyping up this this thing, the you know, him getting this final tryout. And he didn't bat an eye, right? He looked the part. Him and Nyes, like that line, was just relentless. Humming, right? man, and, and they've been humming like all preseason. Like those, that's that's a duo. Like we talk about how the Leafs don't necessarily look at their lineup as trios, as full lines, but they look at them as pairs, and that's a pair that's working, and that's a young pair that could be on this team for a long, long time. Um, whether or not he actually ends up earning a, a spot for, for opening night and sticks around the full season still remains to be seen. But uh, he definitely continues to impress. 
and and turn heads and you know i think that you know he was asked also about uh after the game yesterday like oh it seems like you've you know improved a little bit uh you know in the face-off circle in the face-off dot like what's you know what is that an, uh, something that you're trying to do a little bit more of um and yesterday he went a grand total of uh, six and two in face-off so in 75 percent of his draws and he said yeah every day that's something that i'm working towards doing it's obviously a lot more difficult to win uh face-offs in the nhl than the dub i would imagine but he said that you know a big reason for why he's seeing success and, and he's improving there is that you know manny malhaltra is is still there and you know, I know that he, Manny Malhotra is a guy whose role on this team has kind of diminished uh, a little bit, came in and he was one of the, you know, spotlight head coaches um, a couple of years ago. He was manning the power play and then things didn't quite go right. And they brought in uh, Spencer Carberry and he kind of went more into the background um, and, you know, he's still somewhat into the background, but he's when he was playing, like he's one of the best face off dudes there were. And I remember when he was a coaching in Vancouver, that team became one of the more dominant face-off teams in the NHL. And we're seeing over the course of the last three, four years, Toronto's becoming the same thing. They're always in the top five in face-offs. You see Austin Matthews always uh, has improved his face-off numbers consistently. And Fraser Minton's taking full advantage every practice out there working with Manny Malhotra um and this 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 is what minton said like this came from the horse's mouth himself and that's big like obviously being a center a big part of the job is taking face-offs winning draws and establishing possession and if he's going to go out there and win 75 percent of those bad boys uh that's going to get some attention um from a lot of people including shell and keith but if fraser minton makes this team dave it does probably mean a couple of things would end up happening. There'll be a bit of a trickle down effect, which could impact William Nylander's role on this team. Why don't we take a quick break? We'll come back. We'll talk about what I mean by that exactly. And then we'll get into some fun stuff. We got uh it's it's Thanksgiving weekend, so we've got, you know, some some things that we're thankful for from the Toronto Maple Leafs that we'll get into. And then we got a little bit of a, a thanksgiving foods power rankings that we're going to get into as well so a bit of a fun show to uh to end things off on but before we get into all that dave uh why don't we tell all the good folks about one of today's show sponsors it's our pals over at bird dogs yes mike today's episode is brought to you by bird dogs it is the clothing line that makes you look good because they have that stretch khaki look and designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving a truly sculpted look. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same things as Lululemon, but fit way better. They're better than regular shorts that are made of stiff, restricting cotton, and they fix this issue by inventing cloud-knit fabric that looks just like khakis for stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement, and they use an anti-sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day they are functional they work for many different things i like to wear them when i'm uh golfing sometimes if i need to throw something when i go into the pool bird dogs are so versatile they work for so many things and you get some great swag if you order with bird dogs as well uh i don't have with me but i do have the tumbler that was the one that i got we also have the hat uh that was given with another bird dogs order that i placed and you can go to birddogs.com slash locked on nhl 
Enter pro- so they- or enter the promo code Lockdown NHL at checkout for free Bird Dogs water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash lockdown NHL for free water bottle checkout. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Welcome back into the Locked On Leafs podcast. It's Mike DeStefano and Dave Morsuti. We are hosts here at Locked On Leafs. Uh, we're a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast. So if it's your first time uh, stumbling upon us, uh, appreciate you giving us a chance if you've made it this far. And if you enjoy the conversation uh, and you want to stay locked in and tuned into what's going on with the Maple Leafs all season long, make sure that you do subscribe to us. You can find our podcast uh, wherever you find your podcast at, whatever streaming platform that you use. We're also up on YouTube and uh, we got new content coming out each and every day, Monday through Friday. Uh, it's all Leafs all the time. And look, there's only one more, one more game, uh, preseason game, before we get uh, get rolling here with the regular season next Wednesday. So uh, make sure that you are subscribing uh, to our podcast and keeping uh, locked on to what's going on with the Toronto Maple Leafs. All right, Dave. Uh, you know the the big talking point towards the end of camp is is obviously Fraser Minton. We were just talking about you know he's a player who a lot of eyes have been on him. He's going to play again in uh, tomorrow's game against the Detroit Red Wings. Keith announced that after the game. Uh, not a lot of the regulars, I believe, are are going to end up playing. The, not, the game against Detroit was kind of the the final hoorah for the main club. Um, but Minton will get in there and get kind of a final look. A bunch of guys will get a bit of a final look. Pontus Holmberg, I would imagine, mm-hmm. will also be given a, a fair shake to to try and get a final look-see to see if he can make this squad. Um, a guy who actually I've really been impressed with, man. Like I, I There's a couple of dudes um, who aren't going to make this team that deserve to make this team. If it was a real 23 man roster, that would definitely be on the, the open night roster. Um, but unfortunately due to cap reasons, there's going to be a couple of guys who get sent down where it's just not going to, uh, it's not going to uh, make a leaf fans happy. I would imagine. Um, but back to Fraser Minton, you know, if this guy does make the team, it's, it's going to be in that third line center role. And why that's important is because that is a role that has been played by one William Nylander all camp long. And as we have discussed, um, you know, this isn't a, a, a team that can afford to carry an extra forward, which means Minton's going to have to play. And if he plays in that three C hole, that moves Nylander back on the wing, doesn't it, Dave? It sort of does, yeah. Um, like, not like it does. How yeah. can you configure this lineup yeah. without him moving him back to the wing? Yeah, and you know what? I, I was we we talked about our concerns with that line, and they didn't look amazing, but they didn't look bad. And and Nylander scoring two goals. I mean, obviously one of them being on the on special teams, um, and then three on three. But like watching five, they didn't score at five on five. There, Dave is a line. If that's weird. Oh, <laughs> so it's tough to say whether because I know I was listening. I mean, I watched the broadcast after, and mm-hmm. like Mike Johnson says, move him back to the wing, and I'm like, but he didn't score at five on five. The goals he scored were not even with the guys he was going to be playing with at five on five. 
I know. I you know, like it's not that I don't like I, I think he is better suited to play the wing. Don't get me wrong. Like look at how like, yeah, he looked way more comfortable in terms of offensively. For sure. For sure he does. And he's always going to. Like that is like there's just less responsibility and allows him to focus on offense. Like we all understand that. And I'm not gonna sit here and bang bang the table and say, no, Nylander needs to play down the middle. Like that's not the case. I probably would prefer him to play on a wing. I just prefer him to play on Matthew's wing instead of Tavares's wing. That's the only sticking point that I um, will make. Like, I if if this happens, if Fraser Minton wins a job and they audition him and he gets those nine games at the three C, um, that clearly is going to move Nylander to the wing. You know whether that's on the first line or second line remains to be seen, um, but that is that is something that we will we will see happen if Fraser Minton makes the club it's going to push Nylander back onto the wing but it's interesting because it does it does make this lineup look a lot different when he is on the wing um it does break things up and you know to get back to what we were talking about just before we went to break I know Sheldon Keefe loves his pairs like he talks about the pairs, Matthews and Marner, and he, you know, Tavares and Nylander have been a pair for three years now. And maybe Minton and Nyes are becoming that other pair. And and just the way that they've played and the um chemistry that they've been able to develop throughout camp. They they've played like four games together, I think, through training camp so far, maybe five. Um, they've played a lot together, not to mention playing with each other, you know, at the prospects tournament last year and this year. Um, or I guess Nyes might not have been at the prospects last, last year. NCAA would have been in college by then, but still, like, still being able to develop that chemistry. Um, I don't think it's a terrible thing, man. And and if Fraser Minton is is ready for the challenge and ready to make an impact on the Maple Leafs as a 19 year old, I think he should be given that opportunity if, if it's deserved. And as of now. I honestly think it is, and, and and I think it could be an added benefit to have somebody playing down the middle like Fraser Minton who can do it well and you know provide a little bit of offense but also is responsible in his own zone, and that moves Nylander up the lineup, get him more minutes, and allow him to just go back to the wing and do what he does best, and that's score goals. Um, so this could be... This could turn out to be a very positive thing out of training camp if Minton can make it. Um, it, it really lengthens the lineup and adds just a little bit more of a, a scoring touch on all three lines, I believe. I do think so. The, the chemistry, as you said, is apparent. And when you look at why he would make the lineup, it's because we were trying to find that answer at third line center. Nylander, you say, okay, he can do it, but Minton looks actually more comfortable and it makes that line that much better. Like, that's the energy line. When we talk about like getting that energy line, they bring it. So, and I, I do like that Nice can be featured and they can maybe take advantage of certain matchups, but also if Sheldon Key feels like it, they can he can throw them into tough situ tough matchups as well because they've been able to handle those matchups too. Like 50% D zone starts last night. Like that was part of exactly that, that was part of the process of what um, Sheldon Keefe has been wanting to see with Fraser Minton. Like the point of him playing last night in that role was we're going to put him in situations and see 
and basically say, hey, sink or swim. Now, it wasn't against a full NHL lineup against Detroit, but it was against Montreal, and, and he did succeed in a lot of those matchups, which is why you know he's still sticking around in, in training camp and has a legitimate chance. And that was what was on display last night. That was what they were looking for. Not necessarily, okay, can they continue to create offense and create chances, but can they continue to play well defensively? Can they, um, you know, is is he going to be able to, uh, you know, work his stick in the, in the defensive end? Is he going to be, you know, a good puck support for the, the defensemen and allow them to break the puck out? Is he going to be in the right spots? Uh, defensively like that was really what they were going to be looking for um, in last night's game and I would imagine even in the game tomorrow against Detroit I do think so I I, um, yeah because we know that this final game is going to be tougher to figure out because every team throws out just like the I when I think Detroit's putting out their big boys (laughs) like they didn't bring him to Toronto but I think that would make sense at home you yeah. try to give the home fans a little bit of uh, value. Like, luckily, I got the NHL lineup rather than the yes. B squad. It would have yeah. been kind of weird to do that to Leafs fans. But, yeah, I, I do want, again, this with Minton, I feel like he should be on the team at least for the nine games to see what he has. And, and the good thing is, is they've tried Nylander as that third-line center. So if they feel like Minton's just not ready to go, they can send him back, put Nylander at third line center. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. They can do that still. Um, but it, we'll, we'll see what happens. It's going to be an interesting, you know, final, uh, you know, final week or five days, four days, whatever it is. until so they got to submit the, the opening night roster and the lineups and, you know, they'll make those tough decisions. There's a couple more guys. I think Pontus Holmberg's been a player who has, to me also earned an opportunity to play on this team. Um, you know, I thought last night again, he was kind of all over it and played extremely well showing that he wants to be on this club, um, getting an opportunity to play with, uh, with, with camp and Reeves last night on the fourth line, again, proving himself. Hey, I, I belong here. We'll see if he can, uh, if, if he can win a, a job too. It's nice to see that there are more people earning jobs or trying to earn jobs, uh, than spots. It just means that the the depth is going to be there for this team, regardless if they make it on on night one or not. Once they get up there, uh, which we know Holmberg will play games if he does get sent down, he's going to, you know, play well. <laughs> we can we can uh, imagine. All right, um, we'll we'll do like a roster prediction, I suppose, for for Monday show. Uh, and, and kind of get into into all of that and get into the final battles and whatnot. So we'll save that for Monday. But uh, we do have a, a holiday that uh, is coming up uh, this weekend, Thanksgiving. It's 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 a pretty good holiday. It's a solid family holiday with some good eating. Um, so we'll take a quick break, and on the other side, we'll get into three Leafs things that we are thankful for. Dave, what are we thankful for this holiday season? when it comes to our beloved Toronto Maple Leafs hockey squad. And then we're going to do a little fun power ranking. Power ranking are Thanksgiving food items. Uh, so I'm excited for that one. Should be fun. So we'll get into all that in just a moment. But first, let me tell you guys about one of today's show sponsors. And it's Indeed. When you're drafting your fantasy team, do you wish you could do the same thing with your business team? If you're building a roster to win the league, you need 
Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you can do it all with Indeed. Uh, find top talent with fast and with Indeed suite of power hiring tools like Indeed Instant Match, Assessments, and Virtual Interviews. Uh, Indeed knows when you're growing your business, you have you have to make every dollar count. That's why with Indeed, you only pay for quality applications that match your must-have job requirements. Uh, Indeed knows that finding people with the right skills makes all the difference when you're hiring a team of one. Indeed knows that hiring needs to be cost-effective when you're running your own business. And visit Indeed.com slash locked on to start hiring now. Just go to Indeed.com slash locked on. Indeed.com slash locked on. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back into the Lockdown East podcast. It's Mike DiStefano and Dave Morissuti. Maple Leafs with a 4-3 win in overtime thanks to old Bill Nye, the Risha guy. How about that first goal that he scored, though? We didn't really touch on that, but uh, what was the pop like in the building after that one? Because that was a that was a beauty of a goal. Because it was one of those where it's like you go like, oh, like the gasp, but then knowing the goal scored. So it was like a quick transition to that. That building was bumping. Mm. There's something about preseason hockey. I know it's not the most exciting to watch sometimes, but because the tickets are significantly cheaper and you can get kids into the lower bowl, like more kids into the lower bowl, it just adds a different vibe and energy. So that, that was a good crowd last night. Nice. Love to hear it. Love to hear it. Um, okay. Let's get into uh let's get into a couple of these little fun little exercises that we're gonna wrap up today's show with. First and foremost, three things that we're thankful for. Three Maple Leafs things that we're thankful for. Dave, give me your uh your list of three. Well, things I'm thankful for. One, um we got the Austin Matthews contract out of our hairs. It is done. It is signed. It is. We know we have Austin Matthews here for the next few years. So that was the first thing I was definitely thankful for going into this season. Uh, second for me, uh, the young kids are showing up, right? As we've just been talking about this whole show, but seeing the seeing the future kind of, there was always a talk that the least prospects weren't exactly high caliber right we kind of hear that how low they are on the yeah maybe on the defensive side it's not quite there and it takes some time for these defensive prospects to bring themselves up but i do like how the drafting and developing seems to be getting a little more back as the leafs are not the montreal canadians when it comes to the rebuild plan right i see a plan with the leafs i don't know about montreal I, I I've I've been very suspect of their drafting at the last few years, you know, choosing Slefkowski over a guy like even Logan Cooley, <laughs> things like well, that. I mean, there's yeah, time. I, I can't I can't say Slefkowski's a, a bust or anything, but I think they I think they kind of they got there was caught up with the whole oh is it going to be Shane Wright, but then they went Slefkowski, and then I'm like they might not even be the top players in that draft. When all things are said and done, yeah, it's possible Logan Cooley could turn out to be the uh, the the best player in that draft. But that happens all the time. Like it, yeah. it's it's not often. I guess there is an absolute slam dunk Austin Matthews or or Connor True. Bedard in the draft. And unfortunately, or fortunately, if you're a, a Maple yeah. Leafs fan, uh, thankfully, if you will, 
So I'm uh, thankful Logan Cooley is not on the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, they they the the Canadians won the lottery in a year where there wasn't that dominant pick at the top of the draft. Um, that you know could, I mean, don't get me wrong, like Slavkovsky, he still could be a player, man. Like the you might be eating your words in you know three years if that guy's out there ripping goals on the Maple Leafs left, right, and center because he's a big boy, and if he puts it together the way that scouts expect him to well you never know what could happen with that guy um so that was two that's two things three three, three. okay three. so there's your three um very similar to uh to my three here um i did have austin matthews you know something to be thankful for still one of the best players in the nhl like he's only two years removed from legitimately being the league mvp and voted as the best hockey player um, in the NHL by his peers when he won the Ted Lindsay. So, you know, I think we definitely have to be thankful that that contract is signed, sealed, and delivered. He's here for another five seasons, technically, including this one. Um, so Austin Matthews, go out there, rip another 50, 60 goals, and uh, do what you got to do to get this team as deep as they possibly can go. Hopefully win the big one. Um, thankful for the Leaf scouting staff. You know, I don't think they get enough credit for being able to to kind of find some gems, whether that's in, you know, free agency in the past couple of years, they've been able to find guys like, you know, Michael Bunting. And definitely you look at the draft though, um, the, the amateur scouts getting Matthew Nyes and, and uh, Fraser Minton in, in the second round, like these guys look like they're going to be players. And when you can find talent like that a little bit later in drafts uh, that, that aren't, you know, day one picks, that's really when you start to build out depth. Like, yeah, you're going to hit most of the time on your first round picks, but are you hitting on those second round picks or hitting on those third round picks? Topi Nimala, a third round selection, you know, so that's where, you know, you're, you're definitely going to uh, make or break your team. I don't know if you've been watching what's also been happening, you know, with some of their other prospects, but Brandon Lazowski has been on fire out in the WHL. Mm -hmm. Um, He just had a hat trick the other night. So there's another player. Nikita Gribyonkin is killing it in the KHL. He was like a fifth-round pick not too long ago. Um, and then you've got some some other goalies who are doing really well. So there's a lot to be thankful for. Some There's been some quality, quality draft picks by the Maple Leafs uh, over the years, and I think we're, we're getting a glimpse at, at a couple of them here with Minton and Matthew Nyes. Uh, so thankful for, uh, for the scouting staff that finally seemed to be you know, churning out some some young talent for the Maple Leafs, something to be happy about and thankful for. And then, you know, finally, I I I, I guess pretty much like I think thankful that this team is is just consistently putting out a entertaining product. You know, I know that it's been a long time since they've actually won something. Um but they're they're always one of the more entertaining teams at the very least, right? It's a team that's gone out and for the regular season at the very most have been extremely dominant, uh, you know, consistently topping the hundred point mark. We are seeing guys, you know, get a hundred plus points in a season. We just saw the great year that Austin Matthews had two seasons ago, Mitch Marner last year, you know, 99 points and then was a Selkie finalist and, you saw the playoffs that they had. They finally got the monkey off the back, winning around the captain, John Tavares, with an overtime winner to seal the deal. Morgan Riley was playing out of his mind throughout that. So, 
you know, just the fact that uh, you know, we've we've seen some real entertaining hockey over the last few seasons because it could be Detroit. It, it could have been the, you know, the 10 years prior to this Austin Matthews era. It could be what we've seen go down in, in Arizona over the last few years or what's happening with the San Jose Sharks. The Maple Leafs are a good team. You know, when you really pull out big picture, they're a terrific team that's been ultra competitive for the last six, seven years. And, um, you know, I'm thankful that we as a podcast uh, are able to cover a fun team. It gives us something to talk about every single day. And uh, for that, you know, thanks for everyone involved for keeping this thing afloat. You know, from Kyle Dubas, who kind of kickstarted things. Uh, with this organization, uh, Brendan Shanahan, I guess the Shanna plan is is what this is all about. Um, and now even Brad Trilliving, who's done some good things, we think, uh, you know, so far so good when it comes to the moves that he's been able to make to try and help bolster this roster and bolster this team to try and make a, a little bit longer of a playoff run than we had a season ago. Uh, so just, you know, big picture in general, just thankful that, you know, we got an entertaining product to watch here in the city of Toronto. Um, all right, Dave, really quickly, we're going to go through uh, Thanksgiving food items, power rankings. These could be controversial. There's nothing more controversial online than food topics. Like yep. anytime people talk about food, that's when people really, really get into it. Like I remember when I was um, when I was hosting Leafs Lunch. We could sit there. We can make great points about the Maple Leafs, about the game, analysis, you know, trades, whatever. We would just talk for, you know, two hours on the Leafs. But we had like a little three-minute bit where we talked about food or something. And the texts would just start flooding in, the texts and tweets. It's insane. You get nothing. No one cares to comment on any analysis. But the second you start to talk about food, Boom, everyone has an input. So, um, you know, Mike, we're Italian. How many family dinners have probably gotten over the top, like fights almost break out over food discussions? A lot, a lot, a lot. <laughs> I like Thanksgiving is, is like arguably the food holiday of the year. Yeah. Right. Like Thanksgiving dinner is just massive. Like, I, I know that uh, I'm sure your family does it, does it big. I know my family. Um, you know, makes a big feast every single year. We get family down to uh, to to celebrate together. So I love Thanksgiving. It's a it's a really great holiday uh, to to you know stuff yourself with some great food. Um, and that's why I thought it'd be fun to do a little bit of a power ranking for Thanksgiving food items because again, it's controversial. Some people don't like a lot of the items that are out there and some people are big on stuffing some aren't some people like ham some people want the turkey you know it's interesting to to see how people feel about some of the the popular food items that are consumed uh on thanksgiving so let's get right to it dave um let's go uh five through one your power rankings of thanksgiving food items number five for me is sweet potato casserole Oh, is that a staple for you and your family on Thanksgiving? Not usually. It's only recently because we, we never really had sweet potatoes. And then we just decided we want to incorporate. I mean, you want the thing with dinners and stuff. And like, you know, people like to not only have foods, but like certain colors of like Thanksgiving. Right. So orange, you want to yeah. get orange in there somehow. Sweet potato casserole is probably the easiest way to do it. And it tastes like 
I was like, why weren't we having this before? It's so good. <laughs> why did you hide this from me my entire life, mom? Yeah, yeah. exactly. I got to give it to you, man. Sweet potato pie, sweet potato casseroles. They're pretty solid. A little brown sugar in there. It's a good uh, it's, a, it's a good one to start off with. All right. Number four, your power ranking. Uh, number four for me, uh, you can't have a Thanksgiving dinner without potatoes. Like you got, we have the potato casserole, more of a vegetable type of dip. But having now, we don't do mashed potatoes in my family. My mother actually makes, I know this is where this is where the controversy might come in. My mother actually makes the potatoes with the turkey in the same pan. It is so good. You get that turkey, the bit of the turkey flavor with the juices in the potatoes, they get a really nice brown color so good i don't even need mashed potatoes those are good enough for me i don't know how i feel about that man (laughs) i don't if you invited me over for thanksgiving you didn't tell me that and i showed up expecting mashed potatoes and i don't get mashed potatoes i would be livid (laughs) i'll give you a mash and you can mash those potatoes because yeah i mean i guess i could do it myself but i tell you (laughs) like that sounds that does sound delicious it sounds really Mm -hmm. good just the way that you know you like a bake right like it's just the the juices are gonna filter into your potato and it'll be really really tasty You'll, you'll get some flavor out of it um but it's a staple, bro. I know. That's a staple. Oh my goodness. All right. All right. Keep it rolling. Keep it rolling. So number uh, three number for three. me is turkey. I know that not everyone is a big fan of turkey, but like we have turkey. I go into a turkey coma. Are you a um, white or dark meat guy? It doesn't matter for me. Just give me anything. <laughs> like if if because it used to be I'd only have the dark um I especially like the the legs or something like that like get me yeah. that bone um but i've i've grown into really appreciating the white meat i i have especially like the, like get the breasts and stuff like that now nah, you like your breasts huh you like so, your white breasts <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Uh, <laughs> some good gravy too with it i i prefer the white meat more because of the, you can really enjoy the gravy with it Honestly, yeah, that's where that's where I'm at too. Um, you know, I think when I'm eating white meat, I do, I do douse it in gravy more so than than the dark meat. So, uh, just you know, for obviously it's, it's it's a little drier. It's, it's not as as juicy. So you you know just kind of load her up with gravy, and that just masks some of the dryness of that uh, that meat. Uh, all right, number two for you. Growing up, I hated stuffing. I don't know what it was about me that didn't like stuffing. But my mother decided to change the recipe and made it an Italian flavor stuffing. She gets some nice Italian herbs and spices in there. She changed the changed the game. She changed the game. I am now a pro stuffing guy. Dave Morsuti, big stuffing guy yeah. late in his life. All right. Mm-hmm. And number one, the top food item on the table at a Morsuti Thanksgiving is. If there's no apple pie, it is not a Thanksgiving. I'm huge apple pie, and sometimes, depending on who it is, they'll add a little bit of caramel drizzle with it. And oh, yeah, a little cream. crumble, crumble, yeah. and a crumble, crumble and caramel. Too. Oh, I, I have to have apple pie. I know, like people are like pumpkin pies and things like that. I apple pie is the goat for me. Warm or cold? Warm. 
warm with some ice cream is the way to go warm apple pie you know low-key like you go to burger king and you get like an apple pie turnover they're actually low-key delicious like mcdonald's is more so known for them but like burger king's got a really good uh Mm -hmm. apple turnover just an fyi if you're ever driving past and you're like "Eh, i kind of want something to snack on that's that's an option um all right solid list solid list okay mine's a little bit different than yours a little different um there's some similarities we'll get to them number five for me uh i i have pumpkin pie at number five it's it's thanksgiving it's it's pumpkin season yeah. all right it's pumpkin season and you got to have pumpkin pie there i am a big pumpkin pie guy like that was growing up i get apple away from me do not care pumpkin is the way to go put some uh, whipped cream on that bad boy and away you go um i still don't understand why we can't get pumpkin pie like year round it's like it's only acceptable within this month i understand pumpkins are only in season so i i get it but like it's a delicious delicious pie that should be consumed year round in my opinion but pumpkin pie comes in at number five for me number four here's a surprise for you i love love a good boil like cut up boiled carrots love them put some butter and some sugar on those and brown sugar delicious so boiled carrots to me one of the first things i'm tossing on my plate you can have carrots any other time of the year and you have to have them at thanksgiving i I, it's i never but the thing is i rarely do i ever actually do it like i never make carrots okay here's a here's a controversial food take my nonna with her mashed potatoes, we'll throw in some carrots, and it's the bomb. Well, yeah, you, you can do that with your mashed potatoes. Not you many put, people do you that. Can, you can put your carrots in there. You can put your peas in there. You can you can do a lot of things Potato. with the mashed potatoes. Not that you make like the full dish that way, but on your plate, if you're no, like, no, no, she mashes it all together. Oh, she's mashing carrots. Yeah. Oh no, much. It's pretty good. It's, I mean, it's kind of like a potato salad, I suppose, where you do have like yeah, shredded I think she carrots. Did it because I know, wouldn't sometimes always have her vegetables. And so she's like, this kid's having his vegetables, putting in the mashed potatoes. <laughs> All right. So I got carrots coming in at number four. Uh, number three, this is an important one, Dave, that I can't believe was off your list. And maybe it just, it kind of slipped your mind. But gravy, dog. Gravy, you get the gravy. Gravy would have been implied with the turkey. If you don't have turkey, but it's not. No, because it doesn't even. It doesn't even have to. To to, the gravy on the potatoes is is where it's at, and the gravy on your. It's it's just you put it everywhere on your stuffing. You put it on everything. That's why it's so key and important. And when we're talking about Thanksgiving food items, gravy has got to be a top three item on there because it's so. It's just so versatile. You put it on literally everything. It's amazing. You just, you know, you're, you're getting your, your turkey drippings and you're just putting in, you know, some flour. It's just so easy to make. It's so delicious. Uh, gravy just enhances the flavor of almost every single food item that is on your plate. Uh, I love it. Stuffing. So I was going to make this comment about stuffing. I, I, I considered having it on my list because I'm like you. I grew up not liking stuffing and then recently I've kind of come around to it. But I think it's because I started just like 
dousing it with gravy essentially and i was like oh okay this is pretty good i'm gonna continue to put a little bit on my uh, plate every single year um i'm not the biggest fan still but i have started to appreciate it and it's because i i load her up with gravy uh number two hot take i'm a ham over turkey guy now i eat the turkey typically my family actually makes both for whatever reason they're like yeah we're gonna make both yeah and i i take a little bit of turkey but i take a few extra slices of ham because i i love like a good like honey honey ham oh it's so delicious um my issue is i get tired of ham because it's just there's only one way really i eat ham and it's just like as is like only other time i've ever tried with ham is like i throw it in my eggs if i have breakfast like it's so tough to really enjoy ham for so many days because you have this huge thing of ham and if nobody else is really eating it i'm always the one stuck trying to figure out how to eat the rest of this damn ham eat it as is buds i'll eat it next for... time my mother makes ham there's so much left i'm gonna just ship a bunch of it i'm gonna bring out a bunch to your place absolutely like she like like a good sweet glazed ham yeah she puts we have to put the glaze buds I'll, I'll i'll eat that every single day of the week like i like i'm sad i'm saying it's so high on my power rankings i love it i love a good uh glazed ham it's delicious uh number one though and i'm just I can't believe that this is not even on the table at the Morissuti Thanksgiving dinners. Mashed potatoes. Mashed potatoes are an elite, elite Thanksgiving food item. It's a staple. I can't believe that you guys don't do mashed potatoes. Oh, it's number one. Number one for me. Number one in my heart. This is not that we don't like mashed potatoes. potatoes. I love me some mashed potatoes, but we just do things a little differently. Crazy, 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 crazy. All right. Uh, Well, Dave, enjoy your Thanksgiving uh, with your family. And uh, to everybody listening who somehow made it this long, listening to us yammer about nonsense, uh, enjoy Thanksgiving with your families as well. Um, Enjoy the holiday. We will be back with y'all next week. Next week's it's it's go time, right? Game on. you know, game one of 82 starts on Wednesday. So we'll kind of start looking into, you know, what this final roster could look like. Start getting into what our uh, season predictions are. We got to do our over-unders as well. That's It's, it's a yearly staple here on Lockdown Leaves. We got to go with uh, go over our over-under predictions. That's all coming up next week. Uh, that'll do it for us here today on the podcast. So I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Lockdown Leafs podcast on all podcasts and platforms. You receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow Dave at D underscore more Sudi. Follow the show as well at Locked on Leafs. Go ahead. Uh, leave a, a like and a comment down below on YouTube if you will. Let us know. Are you team mashed potatoes or uh, or no? What about stuffing? I thought well, that's all we want. We just want food topics because that's all people actually care to comment about anyways all the time so let us know your thanksgiving power rankings um all right we'll be back with another episode for you guys uh on monday like i said enjoy your thanksgiving weekends and your uh, time with the family and uh yeah we'll try again next week but until then keep locked right here on lockdown leaves